it's definitely possible to take control of your finances and to make it work um and i think this idea that um if you choose to be a freelance musician then you automatically take on a vow of poverty is is nonsense <laughs> by clicking the picture of the art of money podcast you will then see some timestamps, and this will be your best guide to negotiate your way through this episode where we talk about musicians working in the wedding industry and managing their finances stay tuned so what's been your experience of musicians and money are there any any funny stories or do you think musicians are are quite savvy when it comes to managing their finances or are they a bit of a disaster (laughs) i love this question and i think it's both i think like we fall into two categories either we're really good at saving and like um having a plan and you know being prepared or um we bury our heads in the sand and just live gig to gig and think oh that's such a good answer you're right there are there are two camps and you either fall into one or the other (laughs) i think i think we don't talk about it it's kind of a again that i think because our what we do is so personal to us um the idea of making money off of it feels a little uncomfortable sometimes Mm, um and so i think in our heads we try and separate it and I and I know lots of musicians when I say to them you need to think of your freelance work or your you know your career as a business and you are the CEO and they're like oh yeah I've never thought of it like that before but you know you have to because otherwise it's not going to support you so um, I think we just need to get better at talking about it and kind of having honest conversations because we don't. Very much so. Yeah and you've got to be consistent with it as well and and sometimes um not overthink things too much so i had um not not a friend of mine uh, someone i knew from from my college days that i didn't really know that well but we were we were on facebook and he put up a particular post about managing finances and things were tough and um expenses were high and income was low it's just one of those posts and we've all had moments like that and this was way before i started the the money channel but I, I read a, a really helpful book that, that is specifically for freelancers. And it really helped uh, inform how I manage my finances and, and how best to, to manage things. So I wrote him a little private message and I said, I've re- been really encouraged. I saw your post. I've been really encouraged by this book and um, I hope it helps. And uh, he saw the message and never replied, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I mean, he can, he can do whatever he wants. But for me, like... That gives that then that level of uncertainty. So was he offended that you were started talking and giving advice about money? How dare you, you know, you're earning more than I am or I'm earning less than you are. So and then I thought, well, he hasn't replied. So what? But I, I can't let that stop me engaging with other people and talking, having conversations with people that do want to talk about it. That's so interesting. And, you know, I think um, in general, for musicians I think there's this um certainly for established musicians maybe not so much now with new graduates um now but I think this idea of I don't need anyone to tell me what to do I don't need help like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine working out on my own um and I think probably that comes down to maybe not wanting to seem as if like we're not in control or or there's an area where we're not fully certain about um but that's, that's really interesting. I think there definitely is that sort of running through um, kind of the freelance musician world. M- maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that's been my experience of it. 
Um, and I think there's no shame in like admitting that you find a certain aspect hard. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, what, what I've come to learn talking about niches and, and being specific is that if, if you are specific, other people go through what you're going through. So on one particular podcast, I spoke about, you know, the complexities of, of moving around. So living in different countries and working in different countries, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for your, your tax uh, affairs and you need to source good advice and so forth. So um, I made a bit of a, a grave error. I had an accountant who was an exposition um, herself and good recommendations and so forth. And I went to live in Germany for a couple of years and um, we, we spoke about how best to, to manage the, the tax things. But um, I just, you know, went, went went along and then returned to the UK three years later and thought, right, my tax returns are are showing a good amount. Maybe I can, you know, buy buy a house now, do that kind of stuff. And I didn't realize that with declaring your tax returns in, in euro, banks will not even consider uh, lending you any money at all. So something as simple as that. So if you're going to work abroad and you're going to live in a country for a while, one or two years, get employed there or whatever, if you're planning to come back to the UK make sure that you keep your your tax affairs also in in the UK and that that um small decision has has big effects because it meant that I wasn't able to get a mortgage also in the covid crisis it meant that my tax returns weren't showing in the UK so um i got almost zero assistance from the government so um, but by by saying that, I then had someone write to me that was also doing the same thing. He's a British person working in, in Austria or Germany. And he said, thank you so much. Uh, I now won't make that mistake. And I was like, yes, that's great. Um, and these circumstances are very unique. Not everyone's going to go through them. But if it helps one or two people, then that that's awesome, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. And it's the kind of thing that you just wouldn't think about. Um, and you you wouldn't automatically know you know so we definitely need to learn from other people's experiences and and um yeah kind of make the most of all the help that's available to us absolutely yeah definitely so we're talking about these this portfolio career and having lots of different things are musicians able to take control of their finances so just to reference what the your podcast um guest said he had the feeling that there was a limited amount of money to make as a musician um, in this specific career. So maximise your opportunities outside of music. Do you think it's still um, a, a viable career in that regard? So you're doing lots of different things within the music profession. Is that, do you, th- do you feel like sometimes maybe that's still too... Um, directed in one particular field or would you like to broaden out one day and try something else um i would say i probably disagree actually with that his statement um me too okay good (laughs) (laughs) and i think it's it's definitely possible to take control of your finances and to make it work um and i think this idea that um if you choose to be a freelance musician then you automatically take on a vow of poverty is is nonsense <laughs> and yeah, it's not true yeah you know sort of, yeah eating beans on toast got all your clothes on because you can't afford to put the heat in on that kind of thing <laughs> um and i mean if you if you decide that that's 
how it's going to be, then that's how it's going to be <laughs> because you've made that decision. I th- again, it comes down to having a choice and saying, okay, do I just choose to accept that, that you know, this is the, the career I'm pursuing, so therefore I'm never going to earn very much money? Or do I decide to think, well, that doesn't have to be the case. I can decide how much, um, you know, how successful I want this career to be and do everything I can um, to make that become a reality. So I definitely think it's possible. um, But I think you need to, like, have a plan and and be intentional about it. It's not just going to happen. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah. Having the plan is is key. That can be sometimes for, for non-musicians as well. So if you're coming out of school and you are going down the freelance uh, life path, that transition is hard because you're going, and particularly much much more difficult in these current circumstances i I was speaking to a student earlier in the week that has left college and then of course um now covid is hit and the the one particular contract that she had lined up has has now gone and it feels like you're losing that momentum from that, that momentum that you have in the college like you can do it go out into the career yes 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 and it's important to have that sense of right yes i'm out now here I am, world, and it must be really hard for for folks that have are kind of in limbo now. Yeah, I think it is hard. Um, and we, yeah, it's. I mean, we can't say, oh, it's you know, you can still sort of definitely be a success. And I mean, we just don't know because this is such an unprecedented situation. So we don't know. Um, but I think if you're in a position where you have the choice to to be able to pursue it and do what you can. I mean, not everybody has that choice. Some people are in a situation where they have to look to other things. Um, But I think if you do have that option, then I think it's still worth pursuing um, and just being open-minded to all the different things that you could be doing rather than thinking, well, I wanted to to do this and now that that option is not available to me. So that means I have to, you know, completely change course. Um, I think... We just have to be a bit more creative and resourceful. Yeah, definitely. And you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've been touching with some students. So I saw that you did something at the Royal Northern, for example. Was it, was it the Students' Freshers' Fair? Or- so I just, I did, they had um, a virtual Freshers' Fair. So I was online in a little, um, Zoom, you know, breakout room in Zoom um, to chat. Right. And, um, what did you talk about then? Um, so it was just students popping in if they wanted, if they were interested in what I offer with a freelance musician, um, if they were thinking about, you know, wanting to freelance after college or while they're in college, um, sort of what they can be doing and um, the resources that I could help them with and that kind of thing. Again, see, that is savvy. That, that's really, really clever for me because you're, you have all of these people either joining college or leaving college and 
you you have experience you have resources and and you're just touching base you say here i am you know if you want to if you want to reach out and and have a chat and i i think that's really really savvy and also very helpful for the students because you're you're giving them the opportunity to ask those questions like like we spoke about earlier on some of these um times in college you you don't have those those people that you can touch in with and ask questions such should i do this should i do that so it's great that you're putting yourself out there and giving some um life experience i guess yeah and i think i mean that's my aim with the whole thing is i think sometimes we just need to know from somebody who is still kind of doing it <laughs> and you know it's sort of it's not sort of i've retired now and it, it was my career i'm still very much in it as a freelance musician it's still what i do um and it's not been that i mean it's been maybe 11 years since i graduated so it's been a bit of time but i can still remember what it felt like um on leaving so i feel like i can kind of offer encouragement and support and resources in a relevant way um and and a lot of people have said actually it's it's encouraging to hear sort of real life stories and examples from somebody who is doing it um because it, it gives confidence then that, that it is possible. So that's, that's my aim. <laughs> Very much so. No, congratulations. You're doing a fantastic job. And, well, I have to ask this question since we're both Welsh, I mean, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> you're based in Aberdeer. What's What's that like? I mean, we have this preconception as well that for musicians, you know, you have to be in the capital. You have to get to that audition. You have to be where the clientele is. What is it like... Um, Basing yourself, uh, basing yourself in Aberdeer, and I guess you've been doing a lot of online work as well, right? Yeah. So now I split my time between Aberdeer and Hertfordshire because I got married last year. So my husband is from Hertfordshire. So we decided oh, to keep our two bases in the two places, and we kind of go between the two, which is which has been lovely um, because I couldn't quite draw myself away from Wales completely. <laughs> um, but but up until last summer, um, yeah, up until June 2019, I was based in Aberdeer and like you say it's a small small valleys town there's not much sort of going on in terms of prospects for for a musician um but I was able to create my work in a way that it didn't matter where I was based so everything I was doing involved me traveling and going places so my base actually didn't matter that much and I really liked that um because it meant home was home and then work was kind of out in places so it's quite nice to yeah, kind of have cool. the separation um, and now yeah a lot of that has has transitioned online um and so again it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter where I am um but yeah it's worked quite well and obviously that's different depending on what you do if you do a lot of teaching then you're more restricted um and I think there is there is truth in you know if you're if you're in the kind of busier cities there are more work opportunities that's just like fact you can't get away from that um but I do think it's possible to make it work if you're not you know you just again you've just got to be more resourceful very much so yeah absolutely and I keep hearing this this term digital nomad so you know people that just take their laptop go live where they want and and do all their work online and somehow for me that's really appealing as well uh obviously as a performer you're traveling around a lot anyway but I can't help but feel that maybe that's going to be part of of my life. It's, I don't know. Um, looking at the next 10 years before children, all that kind of stuff, I wonder whether it's going to be here, there and everywhere. And uh, that's working online. Being a freelancer does give you that freedom, doesn't it? 
definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a great way <laughs> to be able to sort of organize your life and um, be able yeah. to work from anywhere is, is brilliant. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, it, it does, as, as with anything, it always comes with some challenges. So as you said, that you've made this distinguished point that, you know, when you're out, you're working, when you're home, you're home. And that's, that's really excellent. And sometimes that's quite difficult to negotiate as a freelancer, isn't it? So if you get that email at 9pm in the in the evening, I tend to reply, but really, I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, I'm the same. And I think, yeah, certainly now, since since lockdown and everything, um, there is no distinction between home and work. It sort of, it all kind of blends into into one thing because I'm I'm not going out anyway now, you know, I'm not going out to gig or to examine or anything like that. So it's de- I definitely yeah that's the challenge if you're if you're working from a laptop anywhere then that also means you can work at any time um and in any situation and so it's difficult then to have clear boundaries and that's def- definitely one of the challenges yeah yeah and there's a, a fantastic podcast by a, a singer um who has now transferred over to the the sound engineering world and he does lots of audio recordings very very talented and it's called are you what you do i really recommend that you go and check it out because they're all artistic people and um the the question the podcast are you what you do is a really interesting one because it and particularly in covid um we all have a sense of identity as as musicians as a big part of what we do and what I really liked about this series so far is it asked this question. So are you still what you do, even if you don't do it? <laughs> um, which is is quite a tricky one. But I, I, I think as, as musicians, that's just something that's part of us. Um, and it doesn't matter if you do that two days a year or uh, 365 days a year. You're, you're always going to be uh, a musician. Definitely. I think, um, and again, it comes back to this, this fear that if you're not just working as a musician, then therefore you're not really a musician. I mean, that's not the case. You're a musician, regardless of what your actual work is. And because it's, like you say, it's something that's so personal um, and something that's going to be with you till the day you die. You know, it's not like you retire and then you're no longer a musician. You're, no one can that's take right. away that title of musician from you. Um, I wanted to ask... A little bit more about about the weddings so i think that's a, a great enterprise i mean the wedding business is not not thriving at the moment but in general it's um you know it's, it's big time and i read an article yesterday saying that in 2021 there's going to be the potentially the biggest amount of weddings ever on record because of that huge backlog so you're you're already in there. You're you're doing things. Tell us a little bit how long you've been doing that and what was the inspiration behind it. So I set up my wedding sort of business or the side that side of my freelance business um, pretty much straight away after I graduated, or certainly within the first six months. Um, I, I, I'm not even sure where the idea came from. I think I was talking with another musician and and that was something that she was doing. And I thought, oh, like that makes perfect sense. I can do that. And I just wanted to, at that stage, I just wanted to be able to make money from doing the thing I loved, which was playing the piano. So um, I just set up a website, picked a name and just thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I sent out 
um, kind of, I think I actually sent leaflets, like posted leaflets to venues um, asking if they had a piano or saying, you know, this is what I was offering. Um, and I can still remember my first wedding was at a venue in Cardiff, which had a piano. And um, so I, I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I didn't quite know how like it worked or what I was supposed to do, sort of making it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was great. I loved it. And initially I was almost embarrassed to talk about that side of my work with musician other musicians because I was mm. there was that fear of oh if they know I play at weddings and it, it's become quite a big part of what I do so I was afraid that they would look at me and think oh well she can't be a proper pianist then because she just plays at weddings like she's just a wedding right. pianist um I mean which is just ridiculous and it's you know what 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 a silly rationale but somehow it gets in our head doesn't it and and it has the tendency to stop us pursuing those things that well that's the just danger ridiculous. with it It'll, it'll stop you from trying something that potentially, like it has been for me, been a big part of my income. Um, and at the end of the day, I am doing what I wanted to do, which is earning a living from playing the piano. Um, and right. how many people can say that? And I think, okay, I'm not playing at Wigmore Hall, but does that really matter? You know, not really. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Credit to you. And you've just reminded me of a, of a memory, a very vague memory, Talking about entrepreneurial spirit, I can remember I, I grew up in Neath in, in South Wales. And when I was 13, it must have been 13-ish, I had an idea. I was like, I'm going to be a wedding singer. And I put I posted posters through people's doors and churches and stuff. And I did. I got a gig. I got a gig um, at a little ceremony in the Gower. And it was only one gig, but... Um, but I did it and I got paid and I was like 13 years old. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's where it all starts, isn't it? It's like kind of having those ideas and just like going for it and seeing what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, uh, a lot of my friends in college made, made fun of me because I had that kind of business um, mentality or business mindset. So, um, you know, when you're negotiating, always, you know, there's there's key skills that you you need to learn and that's about valuing your own skills and your your own input um charging the right kind of price being reasonable being flexible but somehow that i i always felt like a little bit judged um for for doing that and i, I had a, a really funny memorable experience of this so i got um booked to do messiah or something like that and i think that was in wales and uh, I got asked to do it, and we, we talked about the venue and the, and, um, the fee and things. And I think I was coming from London or something like that. So they suggested a fee, and I said, oh, well, um, you know, I'll have to come from London. Would would X amount be acceptable? I think it was £100 more than, than what they proposed. And uh, they said, yeah, absolutely, no problem. And I came to get, get paid on the day. And with, with these types of concerts, at least in that time... They would pay you by check. And the four of us soloists were all standing in a line. And the, the treasurer said, here, there's your check and there's your check. And it came to me and she and she looked at me. She said, well, I don't know why yours is £100 more than everyone else, but there you go. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, OK. Well, but I, I was just thinking, well, it's £100 more because I, I asked and I explained that, you know, I had the train ticket and... If you don't ask, you don't get. And if they had said no, then um, 
then maybe I still would have done the concert. It's not about being unreasonable, is it? Or, or impolite. So, and I feel like um, the skill of negotiation as musicians, often that's left to the, the agent or the, the business person. Um, but we we are our own business and we need we need to understand how to how to interact with clients and, and how to, to make that negotiation for ourselves. Definitely. And it's it's so hard. I don't think I know well, I should imagine there's very few musicians who enjoy that aspect of it. Um I, I mean I hate it. Yeah. I hate having to sort of um you know ask for more because of travel or whatever it might be um but like you said if you don't ask then you don't get and you you deserve to be paid your worth yeah and that can be notoriously tricky in weddings can't you You know if you're 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 trying to find the person that's got got the check for you and you're and you're like oh gosh who is it and but again that that's something that you could you know communicate clearly who do i need to speak to what is the date? What's the time that I'm going to get paid? What, you know, um, or whatever it is. I, I mean, I don't work in weddings. You know that more than I do. <laughs> but um, just small, small tips like that, and by trying things out as well, be encouraged to try out these things yourself. Then you start to to learn along the way, I guess. Definitely, and an example of that. So I used to ask for the fee on the day. And then realise that it's really awkward because the bride and groom don't want to be thinking about paying money on the day. And then you've got to find out who the best man is and then he doesn't have it. And I remember once I was stood and it was after the ceremony and um, they were counting out notes. The bride was there counting out notes just and it was just so awkward. Um, yeah, it's horrible. So so now I ask for it in advance um, so that they don't. And, you know, I learned from experience um, that that was the best way to do it. Um, so there are ways around it. Well, I, I've gone through my, my long list of questions grilling you. Uh, <laughs> it's been a really f- fascinating conversation and I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to, to chat, chat to each other and to, to collaborate and, um, remind people again what are your your social media platforms where can people find you so you can find me on facebook and instagram um at the freelance musician um it's probably the best place to go and then my website is southworldspianist.co.uk um and you can find out everything there all my the music side of my work and then the sort of the business side with the freelance musician as well um and the freelance musician podcast of course, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll link those in the in the description for, for people to find. And um, I'm sure people will be, be listening in. Uh, it's been so great to chat. And like you say, it's been so interesting to chat things through with another musician sort of from the business side. Um, yeah. So, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Take care. Bye. So I'm going to wind up the episode here. Absolute pleasure to speak to Hannah. And I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. As always, keep an eye out for further episodes. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Ciao.